Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. All right, Paul, here we are again after uh, a long break for me. Sorry, no offense. I'm, I'm back. How are you? I'm just appreciating that we're in a new year. We can try this all over again. One thing I've done this year is, and, and I'm going to nerd out here, a little little 80s nerd out here, but if you're an 80s kid like me and you haven't watched Cobra Kai, you're making a mistake. Can I tell you how much trouble my wife gives me? that I sat down and binged this whole third season over the weekend. Oh, you're done already? I'm done. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I finished last <laughs> night in like three days. Yeah. And it's like, there's no defense. I have no defense when my wife walks in and like, cause the show's dumb. I oh, mean, yeah. it is. It, I hate watched it. Yeah. I will know. I mean, I love it, but it is an 80s nostalgia. Like it's just nostalgia, 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 you know, I got to have some work done on my gutters guy comes over to the house again uh, yesterday. He's like, man, he goes, I hate this world of not being able to shake hands. You know, he goes, I just feel like that's how we always live. That's how it's supposed to be. And, and not shaking hands is bothersome. And I looked at him and I go, maybe the Asian culture had it right with a bow. Ever reverent. I said, maybe, maybe it's on my mind because I've been watching Karate Kid and his eyes got huge. He's like, have you been watching Cobra Kai too? I love that show. And we ended up talking about it for like 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. If you like Karate Kid as a kid, like you're making a mistake if you don't watch the show. But the thing that you have to realize about the show is, and it took me about four episodes into season one to realize this because I just thought it was terrible. And then I realized they know exactly what they are doing. They are yes. making fun of themselves yep. as much as they are anything else. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. They're not trying to be something that they're not. No. Let's move on. Well, that dovetails pretty well. Yeah. Because honestly, we want to talk about failures. Oh, yeah. Not Johnny, but, you know, other failures. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because we realized over 160 something episodes, we really hadn't talked about specific modes of failure. Like we had some episodes where we talked about coding inspection and different things like that but it, it realized like we hadn't even talked about like some of the basic terms and we thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk about four of them that commonly get interused for each other and they're not necessarily the same and, and what i'm talking about is the difference between blisters pinholes bubbling and cratering and it's minute we kind of want to do that so paul why don't we go ahead and talk about pinholing first? Yeah. So I think one thing we, we also need to do too, Jack, at the start of this is give credit that a lot of our references for this, you know, the Fitz's Atlas of coding defects is really what we're kind of using as a foundation for this. These are common terms. There's a lot of books that give definitions and explanations, a lot of websites. We talk about them in some of our presentations, but this is a good one. Because it really gives some good pictures and some good explanations as to as to what we're talking about. Really, I guess when we start, the most common term that that we see people call into tech service with is they tell us probably the two most common. They either say I have blisters or I have pinholes. Mm -hmm. And frequently those two get used interchangeably, even though they really are not close to the same thing. Well, sure. They universally say blisters for any kind of uh, deformity that uh, is still got the top on it, for lack of a better uh, explanation. Yeah. 
and pinholes for every hole. But that's kind of why I think we, we start with pinholes and we work our way up to blisters to show you the, the massive differences. Yeah, so with a pinhole, we're really looking at it's it's a minute hole in a wet paint film that happens during the application and drying. And it's usually a result of air escaping, usually from something within the surface or at the surface interface. And it's coming through the film while the film is curing. Sure. Yeah, we see this a lot due to solvent or air entrapment. So the solvent entrapment can come from coating over the previous coat too fast. The air entrapment usually comes from the substrate. Right. And in both of those cases, the weight of the coating as it's pushing down on the surface, whether that be trapped air in the surface of, in, you know, inorganic zinc is really common to see this in. Concrete is another one that's common to see it in. And as the paint displaces that air, it's trying to come through the surface of the coating, depending on how fast the coating is curing, sometimes those holes aren't able to close back up on themselves. And the prevention for these really are to use correct application techniques. You're going to use either the right solvent blends, the right environmental conditions, uh, whether or not you're too far away from the surface can cause these. And sometimes in the case of like inorganic zincs, we want to apply a mist coat. Right. And so all of these are techniques to help give us thinner space for that air to have to travel through within that top coat coating. And that'll prevent these these pinholes from forming in the first place. Before we move on, a typical repair for this would be uh, you abrade and you clean the overall area, apply a tie coat or the top coat as necessary. It's really can show bigger problems, but really is an aesthetic thing in the top coat. Yeah. It usually can be easily cleaned up. Yep, scuff sand it and repaint it. But then similar is cratering. Why don't we talk about cratering, Paul? When you have a crater, it, it really is just what you would think of, whether you're thinking about the surface of the moon or anything else. It's a, it's a crater that has a bowl shape to it with a depression in the paint film in the middle of it. So as where a pinhole is just an opening with a hole in it, a crater has a depression shape to it. So there's it's thicker on the edges and less paint in the middle of it. Correct. And all the same forms are responsible for the uh, creating the creators. It could be solvent or air entrapment. And a lot of times it has to do with the coating not having time to flow into a uniform film. Right. And you've got the same same solution on this one. You know, you're going to clean a braid and repaint defects here. Now, one of the most common things that you'll see a comparison to or sometimes a misdiagnosis with cratering is sometimes you'll see it confused with sissing. Okay. And so with sissing, you have a break in the surface of the paint film and the paint recedes and exposes the underlying surface. So basically something has caused it to move back away from something else. Typically it's sometimes also seen where you say it wasn't able to wet out the surface properly. Sure. And it frequently in these kinds of things, this is due to a contamination. And sometimes it's an oil or a grease or a, like a mold release agent. Sometimes it's incompatible solvents, but it was something that was on the surface that caused this to happen. 
where cratering is something within it. It's not a contamination. It's it's an air or something within the coating system that's causing this outgassing to happen, where sissing is a contamination that's causing the paint to move from a spot. But they look really similar to the naked eye, and it's not until you get really close or magnify that you can really see the difference between these two. But that is an important distinction, that cratering is going to happen and you can fix that with technique where sissing is because of a contamination. So your repair is going to be a little bigger because you have to remove that contamination in order to not have that problem occur again. And uh, the main reason why you would want to fix these other than aesthetics is sometimes the uh, pinholing cratering can go all the way down to the surface. And then in the situations where it goes all the way down the surface, what you can end up with is pinpoint rusting. And that's where you'll, especially in the case of steel substrates, you'll have little rust spots at the exact locations of all those pinholes. So that's an important reason to correct them other than aesthetics. All right, Paul, we made it. It's 2021. Finally, we're here. But we want to talk about a new tool that Carboline has given to the wastewater industry. So help us get rid of 2020. Something like that. Yeah, we can flush that down the toilet. There you go. But here we go. We can uh, bring in Brian Cheshire. This tool is near and dear to his heart. So Brian, why don't you tell us about the Wastewater Asset Protection Guide? Yeah, sure, Jack. So, you know, we're really excited to introduce this new tool and what it does. It takes the user step-by-step through the wastewater collection and treatment process. From there, we give details on each of the specific assets, along with suggestions for coating and lining options for the various substrates within those structures. But we feel this tool really gives a good high-level view on the treatment process and some of the coatings and linings that can be used to protect these structures. And where to go find it, carboline.com. We've got it under Markets, Water, Wastewater. And then we also have it under the Resources tab in the middle of the page. And in both cases, it's simply labeled as the Wastewater Asset Protection Guide. Yep, and that's the Wastewater Asset Protection Guide. And when you catch yourself in a shirty situation, go ahead and check it out. Now, when we move on to these other two types, which are bubbling and blistering, there are uh, some very minute differences there. Uh, Bubbling typically is a a pinhole that doesn't pop. Right. And so you'll frequently see these in a lot of cases in the, the same problems caused it where you've got outgassing, whether it be from inorganic zincs or deep surface profiles will hold air down in the pits of those. Concrete does the same thing. And basically, due to the speed of cure of the paint or temperature differences and how long it takes for things to equilibrate, you will frequently just get essentially a pinhole or a crater that doesn't pop and it's got this raised thin film over the top of it. Your bubble is going to be more of a a circular, like a sphere. Like uh, think of like the Technodrome from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's it's a (laughs) sphere, you know. So um, there's a major, major difference between all of these with blistering that we'll get to. But let's finish talking about bubbling. Very much like pinholing and cratering, it's trapped air or solvent uh, that's not released before the surface dries. Can be due to the substrate like zinc silicates and concrete. And again, Paul, how do you prevent these from happening? Again, we're looking at proper spray technique and it might be that you need to thin your material out a little bit. It might be that you need to use a mist coat. Sometimes defoaming agents are something that will help with bubbles or bubbling. And you can add a defoamer to your paint. And sometimes there's thinners or solvents that have a defoamer already added to it. This is real common, especially when you look at urethanes. It's common to see in your roller applied urethanes, a solvent that has a defoamer in it. 
to help break these kinds of bubbles uh, at the surface. It basically slows down the cure time and helps it to break and close back up together more quickly. Sure. Depending again on the severity or the extent, uh, you're sanding and abrading and recoating. If it's really bad, you might have to remove the entire coat. So up until now, the three main topics that we're talking about, the pinholing, the bubbling, the cratering, usually comes as a result of trapping in solvent or air. That's That's been the commonality between right. all three. Now, when we get to blistering, there's lots of different causes for blistering. Paul, why don't you kind of talk about that? Yeah, so frequently in a blister, you still have a domed shape to the surface of the paint. So it's similar to a bubble, except it usually comes from some sort of liquid underneath the surface of the paint. It might be a solvent. It might be a contamination coming up through your substrate. It could be vapor pressure. It could be sometimes these are caused by soluble salts, yeah, which were on the surface underneath your paint. And the and when the salt is there and it's a solvented coating that's put over it, you may not see that blister right away. But as moisture, as osmosis happens, moisture is going to come and go through the coating. And when it hits that salt, it's going to dissolve it and that blister is going to grow. And that's the reason why we want to remove soluble salts is they're a common attraction for forming these. Even though it didn't start as a liquid, it becomes a liquid when it's exposed to moisture. So typically you're going to see something that maybe has a squishy feel to it. You may have a liquid that you can actually feel when you're pushing on the blister if the blisters get big enough. Sometimes, though, they're very small and it's easy to see them. They'll kind of look like a crater that didn't pop. Yeah. And the big thing here that I think with blisters too, is that they're typically a result of a coating that's been in service. A lot of the times it's immersion service, but that's not always true. If you're in a very humid environment, that that osmosis reaction can still happen as the salts collect water like they like to do. That's right, Jack. That's a really good distinction that frequently we see these blisters after they have been in immersion service. Yeah. So they may not have shown up. You may have done an inspection after you got done painting the tank walls and everything looked good. You put it into service, you pull it out to do your one year inspection, and now you see these blisters. And then you have to start looking at what type of blister is it that may have been a result of what type of contamination. Yeah. And so with blisters, it's always important to try and determine the cause of them. You know, sometimes it's really easy when they're squishy, you, there's liquid behind, you know that there's something causing that liquid to come through. So prevention is the good surface prep. That's like you said, we do the soluble salt removal. We follow all of the NACE and SSPC standards, but really the repair, you have to know the cause in order to make a good repair. That's right, because the first thing you have to figure out is how deep is the blister go? If you put on a multi-coat system, is this a blister that's just between the top two coats or does this go all the way down to the substrate? And that's really going to affect how your repair has to happen. Yeah. Because if it's just the top coat that's blistered or in between intercoat blistering, you can remove it down to the existing sound coating. And now you're only applying that dress coat back onto it again after you've done the repairs around it. But if it's all the way down to the substrate, now you have a little deeper process. You have to make sure that you get it off the surface of the substrate. Concrete, steel, whatever your substrate is, is going to require a little different surface prep at that point. Absolutely. So those four main terms that get interchanged a lot, that's uh, pinholing, cratering, bubbling, and blistering. There are very minute differences. Obviously, you can see with the pinholes bubbling, cratering, a lot of the times it's the same mechanisms that cause those coating problems. 
And with blistering, it's usually after some service and it is something that happens later. It is uh, usually caused by a number of things. But I think that would be how you would differentiate bubbling and blistering. Bubbling, you're going to see right away. Yeah, it's going to be part of the application. Uh, it's going to be a problem before you leave the job site. Blistering uh, comes later with those uh, inspections down the road. And those are the things we just want you to keep in mind when you call in to our technical service team, when you have problems, these are the depth at which these guys are thinking about these problems. So um, again, uh, you can get them at technical service at carboline.com. Uh, you can go to the website at www.carboline.com and there's a, a chat function to talk directly with them. And there's always the phone number that you can call in and, and talk to those guys. So Paul, I'm done. And so for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for your support. support.